Hello friends, I'm Ashish Darbari, founder and CEO of Axomize. And guess what? It is DAC week. And it is this time of the year in July when we have one of the most famous conferences in electronic design automation happening. Uh, of course, this year with the COVID-19, it's going to happen virtually. And we take this opportunity to talk to all of the main formal verification vendors uh, who are actually helping us deploy formal verification. Today in-house, we have Joe Hupsey from Mintographics. He is a product manager for Questa Formal product line. Hello, Joe. Hello, Ashish. Thank you for having me on your program here. Oh, it's great to have you, Joe. Um, I just thought it would be a good time to talk about what's hot uh, with formal at Mentor. So before we get started, I just wanted to get a feel of why is your company interested in formal verification? Aren't you selling enough simulators and emulators anyways? Certainly we're doing a great job selling you know, those products, but you know, it's apparent, it's been apparent for years since uh, you know, Mentor acquired Zero In that formal is a essential part of a complete verification flow. And you know, it's always been Mentor's goal, it's certainly Siemens' goal overall to provide integrated tools and methodologies to help customers you know, create and verify their designs, whether it's you know, just focusing on a specific IC or IP, you know, an integrated circuit or an IP, or you know, a whole system. So having formal is essential to complement simulation and to complement hardware-assisted verification. You know, and other elements as well. They each have their own strengths. And when you interlock those strengths together, that's where you get a, uh, an effective end-to-end -end verification flow. So you mentioned zero in, right, Joe? So you guys mm -hmm. um, originally formal verification, um, especially from property checking point of view, if I'm, if I'm not wrong, came from zero in that was acquired by Mentor. And then you guys got bought by Siemens a few years ago. So tell me a bit about how formal is helping up um, shape the internal business activity within Siemens and what does Siemens think of formal verification? Um, I, you know, I see, I just see the macro level trend that it's pretty clear to me that Siemens, like I said earlier, they want to provide a complete flow to their customers. And when you look at the breadth of offerings that the group that we're in, we're in the digital industries, it's uh, fantastic. When you say the word simulator, in fact, in some cases that can apply to software that models somebody working on a factory floor and so that they are able to safely, you know, um, attach something to, a, you know, something that's moving by in an assembly line. And that's called simulation, right? And they have a whole workstation simulator. So it's very overloaded. Anyway, the point of the story is Siemens wants to provide, you know, a complete solution for customers. And by complete, I mean really complete, you know, going into the mechanical realm, going to those realms as well. And so Mentor is, you know, clearly a key part of that mm -hmm. is in, in a deep dive in the electrical, you know, domain, right? In mm -hmm. electrical oriented domain versus mm -hmm. mechanical, like mm -hmm. the NX product lines and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And, you know, again, as I said earlier, you know, it was clear to Mentor many years ago, you know, before I joined Mentor, that formal is a key part of verification. And that's why they acquired Zero In. And to this day, I would say 90% of the Zero In team 
is still with Mentor. Wow, that's impressive. We're thriving in that environment. Yes, it's 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 one of those things that kind of because the branding changed from zero in to the quest of branding, it can be easy for people to wonder, well, you know, what happened to the zero in guys if they're used to hearing that one name? But the reality is we're doing great. And uh, it's again, it's part of a complete flow where mm -hmm. the strength of formal, as you well know, mm -hmm. is that exhaustive mathematical analysis and for all sorts of different uh, design styles and uh, technologies. Sure. That almost the best tool for the job, and of course that fits into how or dovetails next to how simulation can be the best tool for the job for certain uh, you know activities and verification. Same with hardware assisted verification. Sure. What are the problems that um, you are solving with formal verification for your customers? What kind of problems are they coming to you with? There's a really interesting variety of problems that we get. I would say let me start with the most popular. Uh, case that comes in and it has to do with something that's conceptually very simple connectivity checking mm -hmm. you know you would think oh all you have to do is just sit down and or maybe just script up some clever you know correct by construction scheme where you make sure not just the point a to point b connections but the multiplex connections when you're uh, bringing in you know low power and bist and that sort of thing you think oh if somebody's really organized they could pull that off well it turns out the complexity of that problem has just exploded, even just on a pad ring, let alone the rest of the circuitry. Mm -hmm. You can have 200,000 connections. That's a pretty common number that comes up. Right. And doing this, this is a great example of where formal shines, because doing this with a test bench based approach can take just weeks to develop the test bench and then a lot of runtime to perform the actual analysis. Mm. Whereas the formal application setup for this, once you just take the uh, the spec as an input, it's very quick to set up within a few hours. Yeah, and then you kind of set it up in a regression mode. And I have rarely seen a connectivity check run take more than a half a day, even for the largest SOC somebody threw at it. Mm -hmm. So this is a case where, you know, pad ring, static, and con conditional connectivity, conceptually simple, mm. actually has become quite complex. But formal is the right tool for the job. It fits that perfectly. What about and, some of the you know, other problems that I keep hearing, uh, especially from uh, some of our mutual customers around property checking and CDC? Um, what do you think is the trend that you are observing from your side? One of the trends we're seeing in property checking is the need for an exhaustive deadlock analysis. I see. And as you know, trying to find out, you know, if there's going to be a deadlock or a live lock, trying to do that in simulation or oh, even a pain, yeah. with a lot of creative mm -hmm. tests and hardware assisted verification, you know, you're just you're shooting in the dark. You get lucky if you find the deadlock or not. Yeah. And too often what happens is it's found in the field. You know, why is this chip, you know, every other day it sort of freezes or something. And it's a post silicon problem, which of course is a huge problem. Mm. That's an area where property checking um can really address mm -hmm. this challenge. Mm -hmm. And it's this is where the innovation comes in under the hood is because you can take the deadlock analysis, and in our case, what we've been able to do is map this into uh, SVA constructs. So users can very easily describe the analysis that they're going to do for the deadlock or you know, point it at the right logic that they're really concerned about, and then let the tool do the work. Are you saying it's like a semi- we have a paper, a DAC, 
sorry, I was just going to ask you, do you, are you saying it's like a semi-automatic app that you guys have now for Deadlock? Um, well, yeah, there's two flavors of it. There is an uh, embedded in our auto check application, which is completely automated. It will look through all the finite state machines and make sure there's no uh, deadlock amongst them. So yeah. it automatically detects the finite state machines and then checks for deadlock. And then with the property checking tool, prop check, you can do that analysis plus just point, you know, a property at arbitrary, you know, logic, you know, some area of circuitry that you're concerned about uh, deadlock occurring and then um, run that analysis. Mm -hmm. We're talking about DAC. There's a paper on this. Oh, I see. Okay. On exactly this flow. Oh, wow. Okay. On the Monday, it's the Monday afternoon. It's in that formal session and it's a joint paper with ARM I see. and um, my colleagues I see. Um, addressing exactly this challenge and they, they describe how they use this capability. So, so Joe, one question that keeps coming up to my mind, and I'm sure our listeners um, would have that too. How are your solutions differentiated in the market with respect to the other players? Why should anyone give your tools a try? Well, I can summarize it in three, in three succinct uh, reasons, performance, performance and performance. Okay. And what I mean by that, there's three aspects of performance if you if you separate it out. The first one that immediately comes to mind is, you know, wall clock performance on compile time, on, you know, just the runtime of the analysis itself. And then the other element that's um, important for formal is solvability. Mm -hmm. And customers are continually telling us that we're able to solve, you know, more properties you know, we have more solutions that come in within the given, you know, timeout period mm -hmm. than our competitors. So I it's see. performance in in that aspect. The other aspect that's becoming um, more important now that customers are using more uh, either on-premises or external grids is memory usage. I see. And it's kind of companion disk storage, but yeah. memory becomes the key thing. Um, and the trick here is, or the issue here is that customers you know, they, they're uh, a given end user gets to send a job to a large grid and it's a lot easier to get a instance, a compute instance that has the lowest memory requirement possible, right? You know, so it's only the, you know, four gigabyte, eight gigabyte instance versus some of the large instances that you have to queue up for because all the other jobs are kind of waiting for that bigger machine. We can slip into the smaller machines and complete our runs in significantly less memory usage. So people hop on the grid right away with prop check in our formal apps in a way that apparently our competitors don't. Because again, customers are telling us, hey, these things just jump right on the grid and you come back with answers. And thus there's this kind of throughput. So not only were you running fast when you were on a grid instance, but you got a grid instance quickly mm -hmm. and now you've given me a result. You're back to it. This is fascinating. That the third thing. Yeah, this is fascinating too. Yeah, carry on. The third element is the human factors of debug and setup, right? So if uh, we have uh, flows, our flow enables very quick setup. In some cases, you just give it the file, you know, the input file and the task related file, and then the tool does the automates the rest of it, the setup. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen this at property checking in as well. That we're very good about identifying structures that need to be abstracted for formal. And then of course, when you're actually debugging, there's the different text and GUI-based reports 
that enable users to rapidly root cause the issues um, that the tool discovered. So performance, 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 and all those. So you've aspects. given me you've given me a very nice summary of why you think your tools are differentiated in the market with respect to different aspects of performance, whether it's compilers or solvers or issuing jobs on the grid or setting up the tool to run. If if the solution is so good and it's differentiated, why are we then seeing blockers in formal adoption in the industry generally? In your view, what are the biggest hurdles you are noticing for formal adoption and how are they being overcome by mentor graphics? Yeah, the, the biggest hurdles is this fear of, you know, that, hey, formal is something that's complicated to learn. It's really challenging. You know, I'm not sure, you know, it's just a totally different way of thinking. Mm. I've got to learn a new language, all that stuff. Mm. And, you know, mentor in general, the industry as a whole, right, over time has, I think, been very effectively eliminating that fear. And the first thing, and you've seen this trend in not just at Mentor, but throughout the industry of the automated formal applications, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Of automating as much as possible mm -hmm. such that any engineer who knows VHDL or Verilog can adopt a given flow. And I talked about connectivity checking. There's, um, there's a register check analysis. There's a Slack analysis, secure check that does uh, can look for unintended backdoors. Those are examples of automated applications mm -hmm. where you give it your RTL and you give it just some sort of specification file, mm. say in the secure check case, where you say, look, here's the path that has to have you know absolute integrity and is mm -hmm. there any backdoor in it? Mm -hmm. And that's it, mm. right? The tool does the work. And so that's made formal accessible um, across the industry. And this is a trend I'm sure as you've noticed, you know, for the last 10 years, Mentor and and our uh, competitors as well have been working to innovate in this area. So you get the benefits of formal through this automated app, but you don't actually have to learn formal. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect then, and what I've seen as a consistent trend is once customers see that, hey, this formal stuff really works, because it, it does, as we talked about connectivity check as one example earlier of how just drastically better the results are, and they come much faster mm -hmm. than uh, another approach, you know, simulation-based yeah. approach, is we've made property checking itself easier, mm -hmm. right? And there's a whole series of innovations on the input side, as I talked about earlier, making things easier to set up. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of workflow things that are being done in the GUI to make it easy for the user to kind of create a formal test bench and maintain that test bench and see the effect of their constraints. Right. And then as they get to the debug to you know, logically group waveforms together that were involved, you know, in that certain test and have the others be subordinated, you know, little things like that that yeah. make it a lot more accessible. Mm. So the use of and, apps is actually making a big difference from what I understand uh, from my own uh, perspective. And I think that's what I'm hearing from you, that these are ways of making it easier to overcome the fear element and I'm afraid it's so hard, I can't actually, you know, don't know what formal does. So these things are certainly helpful uh, in addressing those, those mm -hmm. issues. Uh, and I suppose training and actually working with engineers uh, live on the projects and showing them the value are also great ways of overcoming the, the, <laughs> the ghost, <laughs> the fear. Absolutely, the property yeah. checking itself, and I, I don't mean to say, oh, it's, you know, just stick to the apps because 
property checking is hard. It's been my observation that UVM is much harder to learn than formal. Yeah, and I'm certain you see this in your practice. Um, and indeed, you're an exemplar of this where I've seen customers come out of your training courses and they are ready to go, right? Your courses are very effective in showing customers, look, it's not that hard. Here's some basics to get you started and here's some follow-on techniques once you've mastered the basics. And you you do a great job in progressing customers very oh, rapidly up you. that learning yeah. curve. Yeah, we've been trying that. Same effect. By the end of that week or the, the training course, I've noticed this, um, you know, they really are effective. They are, and they, they kind of surprise themselves, right? Mm, hey, that yeah. learning curve wasn't such a yeah. steep curve after yeah. all. Yeah. I suppose we have to overcome the entire gamut of application space. Hey, let, let me get to you um, with another interesting question tailing on this one. So formal verification you know, is often perceived as a costly investment. Formal tools cost you a lot of money. What are your thoughts on this and how can you as an EDA vendor make it easier for companies tight on budget to adopt your tool? Sure, it's all about like any other EDA tool, any other flow, showing you know, demonstrating the return on investment right and that's the great thing about formal is it generates a lot of returns of high value returns right yeah and you know we've seen this again and again throughout both our careers right where the formal tool finds this bug that um was in a fielded ip even right you know mm -hmm. that they the customer is like oh this has been out in the field for five years and then you found this bug and you know they kind of think back and realize oh this is why the this thing deadlocks every month and a half or so, or it has to be rebooted. Sure. Because Formal found this incredibly deep bug that they did not find with any other method and and so on, right? Formal is replete with examples of how it can find these really deep state-based bugs um, that are just showstoppers, mm -hmm. right? And they mm -hmm. were missed by other methods, mm -hmm. right? So if you have a high cost of failure and what customer doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. Customers don't want to, um, you know, make, they want to make sure their end customers are successful mm. and get a high quality product. Mm. And that's where formal comes in is to fill those gaps of being able to come and examine the deep state space issues that are, that are lurking there. So I suppose the, again, the, problem is that, the question, it generates yeah. results and those results are high value mm. to justify the investment. So I suppose if somebody really wanted to give it a go with mentors tools, you're saying you guys can do something to make it easier for them to get started. It's not the case that there is an upward investment of a huge sum of money, which a lot of companies are saying, look, over and above the cost of the simulators, we can't actually afford investing in formal, so they're not even able to try it out. So I suppose that's something that Mentor could help with, I suppose. Um, Absolutely, and there's the two levels we've kind of spoke of. There's the automated applications, which you can purchase off the shelf and hand it to any engineer who knows VHDL or Verilog. And your friendly local AE can show you how to set up the tool, get it running, and they generate results and they generate them quickly, um, again, with a very minimal learning curve. Mm. And the results come back and they're, that usually gets customers excited about the power of formal. Mm. So again, the, the I is low, the R is high from that. And then take it to the next level where you can use property checking to really kind of create a formal test bench and mm. examine those problem areas of logic. Mm. And that's where there's a little more investment, but not a lot, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And typically what customers do is they start 
either they hire a formal expert, so to speak, or you can train one. And that's where you come in. And I've seen this again and again, very effectively, right? To mm -hmm. bring someone up to speed who's mm -hmm. willing to learn, yeah. they have an open mind. And within a week, you get them productive, you know, very productive with property checking, with mm -hmm. creating a formal test bench, with debugging the results, with looking for areas, you know, how to how to search for areas or, you know, what the intuition, you did, what's just neat about your training mm -hmm. is you can mm -hmm. give them the intuition mm -hmm. of where to, you know, they should start. Mm -hmm. um, so they're not just looking at a blank piece of paper. It's like, no, go to these areas of the circuit because those are typically mm -hmm. um, where bugs like to hide. And so that's where, again, your coursework and your knowledge is uh, so well imparted on the students. It's not a big investment. That's one person mm -hmm. and, you know, a couple seats of property checking so they can yeah. run some things in parallel. Yeah. And that's a great way to start. So this is this is a great summary, Joe. So what I'm hearing from you is, as much as this is a perception that there's a high cost of investment, if you can manage it properly through a combination of great apps, property checking tools, assisted by training, um, the I, as you said, is a lot lower than the size of the R's. So I think that nicely wraps up my chat with you today. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure our listeners are listening to this and thinking, why are we not doing it in a formal? Let's take a look at the tools and methodology. So thank you very much for your time today, Joe. I appreciate you're a very busy person, but you took time to come and talk to us. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So friends, um, I hope you liked our chat today with Joe Hupsey. Uh, do send us your questions at info and Subscribe to our YouTube channel and stay fit and we will stay connected. Thank you very much.